right uh, we are doing srimad bhagavatam canto 10 part 1 and this is a new chapter chapter 9 mother yashoda binds lord krishna now in one of the krishna stories that you know in the last one that we were doing in that he has shown his universal form in his mouth to his mother now in this it's another story which is pertaining to him and his mother and he being an extremely mischievous child what does he do let us see so mother yashoda binds lord krishna this is chapter 9 from the shrimad bhagavatam canto 10 sri sukhdev goswami continued one day when mother yashoda saw that all the maid servants were engaged in other household affairs she personally began to churn the yogurt while churning she remembered the childish activities of krishna and in her own way she composed songs and enjoyed singing to herself all about those activities now this is the fervor of devotion that a person has when you are devoted to that particular divinity what happens is you sing songs you will find that every song that you are singing is associated with the divinity it is yeah i hope he goes on mute so <laughs> so what happens is he the person the devotee normally sing songs and prayers and various bhajans or kirtans associating with that particular divinity and it's a very very auspicious way i'm sure you know in villages and various other places where if you might have gone for some satsangs there is always a lot of a festivity and activity and people get into the fervor of this particular kind of type where they get lost in the name of the lord so she was singing to herself about those activities dressed in saffron yellow sari with a belt tied round her full hips mother yashoda pulled on the churning rope laboring con- considerably her bangles and earrings moving and vibrating and her whole body shaking because because of her intense love for her child her breasts were wet with milk her face with its very beautiful eyebrows was wet with perspiration and malti flowers were falling from her hair now what is this that she was doing there used to be big pots of curd over there now the curd is kept in big pots and then you have this big ravi ravi is like a churning thing you know and it is attached to that it's inside the pot it is attached to the wall and then you go and pull the rope in such a way that the churning happens why is this churning done this churning is done in and out today nowadays you all use mixer for churning this is for removing the butter you know butter is very light so the butter comes at the top then the butter is scooped out and then it is heated and that which is scooped out okay that is the butter which is used i mean in some of the household they use that butter it's very tasty it has got a very peculiar flavor and those who want to convert it into ghee then heat it hard you know on the on the fire so that the yellow thing separates out that is the pure butter uh, the ghee separates out which is pure fat and the on top you will find a black color charred substance the charred substance if you mix it up with sugar and eat it it's also very interesting to eat i don't know how many of you have actually experienced it but it is very very interesting you will find that this is what people used to do since ancient times now krishna 
He means a crooked person, you know. So he loves to have all these things. And what is left behind, you know, while churning is going on, that is called the buttermilk. The buttermilk is also a very interesting thing to drink. You know, you, you put a little bit of sugar in it and you can make a lassi out of it. That is also very interesting. Again, it will be without any fat in it. The fat is already removed. Alright? And this buttermilk is very interesting to drink also. And sometimes you can even uh, have a khara lassi. We call it a khara lassi or a mita lassi. So, let us see what is happening. So, at that point in time, and by the way, those pots in ancient time used to be very huge. Okay? The curd that was set was in earthen pots. Earthen pots, okay, and to churn that big pot, think about it. You know, the curd itself is so thick. Uh, have you have you ever eaten that kind of a thick curd? You know, I I know Raj has eaten it when we had gone to uh, you know Vrindavan. <laughs> That's a very very thick curd. You know, you can't. Yeah, it's a very thick curd. And when what you do, you know, you if you try eating one scoop of it, you know, you mm, my God, your whole mouth is going to fill with it. It's the same thing if you ever go to Gujarat. Gujarat is another interesting place. There they have this entire belt called the Amul, Anand. Anand is the name of the place. Anand region, you know. And Anand has got... Tatara, uh, uh, you will have to mute your uh, microphone, please. Hmm. So, just tell Tatara to mute his microphone. I think it is, it is a lot of noise. So, what happens is, in this belt, this entire belt is there of uh, where they, uh, you know, is one of the largest, uh, you know, milk producing belt in the world. Uh, It comes under what is called as the Amul, A-M-U-L, which is a very famous brand in India. So, this is Anand Dairy. In that area, you will be amazed to know that in case if you are going in that area and eating Shrikhand over there, you know Shrikhand, okay. Now the Shrikhand will come in a pot like this and you put one one, uh, one spoon in it and if you are to lift the spoon like this, the the katori will also come along with it. It is so thick. (laughs) It's a very interesting phenomenon. And so that is the thickness. Now imagine his mother, who's Krishna's mother, is churning this. You know how difficult it is with the thick curd that is there and she has to do it very fast so that the uh, butter rises on top. Uh, here she is she's churning it, laboring considerably. Her bangles and earrings moving and vibrating and her whole body is shaking. Because of her intense love for child, her breast was wet with milk. Her face with her very beautiful eyebrows was wet with perspiration and multi flowers were falling from her hair. While Mother Yashoda was churning butter, Lord Krishna, desiring to drink the milk of her breast, appeared before her and in order to increase her transcendental pleasure, he caught hold of the churning rod and began to prevent her from churning. Now you, you can imagine this activity going on. Krishna is sitting, standing over, <laughs> doing all kind of nonsense. Mother Yashoda then embraced Krishna, allowing him to sit down on her lap and began to look upon the face of the Lord with great love and affection. Because of her intense affection, milk was flowing from her breast. And when she saw that the milk pan on the oven was boiling over, she immediately left her son to take care of the overflowing milk. Although the child was not yet fully satisfied with drinking the milk of her mother, his mother's breast. Now what happens is, simultaneously there is a hearth next door. No, So, she is heating milk also over there. That milk is overflowing. 
See, when the milk is overflowing, you naturally, in India nowadays too, you can shut off the gas. But in olden times, there was no gas over there. So you have to go and lift the entire vessel and keep it at the side. Imagine that is happening. Here the milk is flowing. There the child is crying. And this churning is going on. Rods are lying all over the Think about it. It is utter, utter chaos, isn't it? So, at that time, being very angry and biting his reddish lip with his teeth, Krishna, with false tears in his eyes, broke the container of yogurt with a piece of stone. Then he entered a room and began to eat the freshly churned butter in a solitary place. Uh, think about this boy. Okay? He sees his mother going away, getting very angry with him. You are not paying attention to me. So, <laughs> he breaks that pot and then all the butter is flowing out. <laughs> you know how, you know how sticky that whole thing is? Imagine. Imagine holding the butter in your hand and moving all over the place and then eating it. It's a very interesting sight you can have. And he is eating this freshly churned butter in a solitary place. He goes in the side and he sits eating over there. Mother Yashoda, after taking down the hot milk from the oven, returned to the churning pot. Then she saw the container of yogurt was broken and that Krishna was not present. She concluded that the breaking of the pot was the work of Krishna. Who else is there? <laughs> Such kind of a notorious person, only one person can be there. Krishna at that time was sitting upside down wooden <coughs> on an upside down wooden mortar for grinding spices and was distributing milk preparations such as yogurt and butter to the monkeys as he liked. He was a monkey himself anyway. So you know how he is giving you take, take, take to the monkeys. And the monkeys are also... Have you ever gone you know, near a jungle where the monkeys are around you? You know, they, they are not afraid of you. Whatever is there in your hand, they will come and grab it and take it away. You know, you have to be careful if you wear glasses, by the way. <laughs> they want to take the glasses also and run away. So, oh, those who wear glasses have to be very, very careful. So, because of having, because of having stolen, he was looking all around with great anxiety. Now he knows, you know, his mother is going to come. Suspecting that he might be chastised by his mother. Mother Yashoda, upon seeing him, very cautiously approached him from behind. When Lord Sri Krishna saw his mother's stick in hand, he was, we very quickly got down from the top of the mortar and began to flee as if very much afraid. Although yogis tried to capture him as Paramatma by meditation, desiring to enter into the effulgence of the Lord with great austerities and penances, they failed to reach him. But Mother Yashoda, thinking the same personality of God and Krishna to be her son, began following Krishna to catch him. It's a very interesting line over here, which talks about how do you catch Krishna. You know, it is not easy to catch Krishna. To have him in front of you is the most difficult thing in the world. For the spiritually perfect people, do you know in their point of concentration, they they literally have to go to such lengths of focused concentration that is called, you know, you go into meditative state even after doing that Krishna is elusive, you cannot catch him okay, it is next to impossible to catch him anywhere and here the mother is running after with a stick in his hand in her hand, sorry (laughs) trying to catch this baby, think about it she doesn't know who she, he is, by the way. Even after he has shown her, in the last chapter we did, you know, the entire universal form of his she, he has shown. And yet, nobody understands that because Yogamaya covers everybody up. 
that is the covering that comes on top of everybody's eyes and nobody understands how yoga maya works because yoga maya is very peculiar she brings all kinds of funny things in front of you she will tell you oh he's just a child he's just a human being don't bother about him what is that look at him he's just breaking things running around what nonsense can you imagine god is not going to be like this okay if god comes think about it everybody thinks god is a wise and old man with long beard and white hair what ah and maybe he is always looking like this and doing like this and now think about krishna doing like that with long beard and having a white hair i can't visualize krishna in long beard and white hair that guy will have no beard only no mustache no beard nothing 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 only thing i can think of is a twinkle in his eye bolte abhi abhi dekh kya karta hu main you know i can only think of him like that i'm sure you too can also think of krishna exactly like that you can't think of him as a serious person can you he's full of mischief full of dhamal masti and sometimes he will be like you know he, he can act like a villainous person also because he has got a lot of character in him you know how he has got a very peculiar methodology of working while following krishna mother yashoda had thin waist overburdened by the heavy breast naturally had to reduce her speed because of following krishna very swiftly her hair became loose and the flower in her hair were falling all after her yet she did not fail to capture her son when caught by mother yashoda krishna became more and more afraid and admitted to being an offender as she looked upon him she saw that he was crying his tears mixed with black ointment around his eyes and he rubbed his eyes with his hands he smeared the ointment all over the face mother yashoda catching her beautiful son by the hand mildly began to chastise him now think about it he is running mother is running behind him she catches hold of him you know the tears are running around you know all the kajal you know that black kajal which you get you know how kajal is done na okay if you don't know i will teach you take a little bit of camphor burn the camphor directly and hold the lid on top of it the black suit which comes is called kajal by the way <laughs> and that is there in his eyes okay that makes a person really crazy by the way okay and here all the teardrops are coming and kajal is going all over the face and with his hands he is rubbing all over imagine in one hand he is already caught that butter and then kajal and the thobra office and all mitti mitti eh <laughs> i am sure you know you can definitely have an ad of detol or something at that point in time this part of the film is sponsored by detol <laughs> it's an interesting thing so <laughs> so it is like that to think about it krishna is doing like this and the mother is chastising him mother yashoda was always overwhelmed by intense love for krishna not knowing who krishna was or how powerful he was because of maternal affection for krishna she never even cared to know who he was therefore when she saw that her son had become excessively afraid she threw the stick away and desired to bind him so that he will not commit any further naughty activities nobody knows who he is and here mother yashoda is running after this small child she also doesn't know who he is and here imagine you know an innocent baby looking at her mother and crying you know oh my god think about it naughty to the core okay and the mother says now she is naturally a crying baby now you can't do do any beating or anything like that so she throws the rod away and then she says you know so that he doesn't get uh, into any wrongful act so what does he do she do she says now i will bind him with a rope 
and you know what she does there is a there's a peculiar uh, thing that is used for binding him we will see what it is the supreme personality of godhead has no beginning and no end no exterior and no interior no front and no rear in other words he is all pervading because he is not under the influence of the element of time for him there is no difference between past present and the future he exists in his own transcendental form at all times being absolute being beyond reality he is free from distinction between cause and effect although he is the cause and effect of everything this unmanifested person who is beyond the perception of the senses has now appeared like a human child and mother yashoda considering him her only ordinary child bound him to the wooden mortar with a rope the supreme personality of god is krishna he, there is neither a human being or a form that you can see actually if you are looking at a form that is a human form krishna that you see is can you just put on that light the first button on to the left yeah bas so this is a human form and when you equate this human form with this endless form of his i am sorry you are going to get into a very big jam because you don't know what you are talking about because he doesn't have any beginning or end no exterior no interior think about it in other words he is all pervading he is through and through because he is not under the influence of element of time you know we are so much bound by time human beings are so much bound by time that they do not understand that the time everywhere is in fact going very fast or very slow for every human being you know that have you noticed it if you are going for a boring movie you know you are thinking when can i get out of this movie and i and you really hope you know the movie will end very fast but it doesn't because it is boring and if it is a very interesting film you really wonder why it should end in 1 hour and 10 minutes isn't it so <laughs> so time is a factor which can never be controlled by human beings again when two lovers meet they always think you know i hope the time stands still i don't want the time to move i want to have an extension 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 of time i don't want this time to go away anywhere so the person says i hope the time doesn't go you know i want this thing to be extended so much but now think about this now when you are come in front of your boss okay we are chitty is laughing already <laughs> and you hope you know that you are able to satka from there as fast as possible because you don't want to face him <laughs> or your whoever it might be so you feel you know Oh my god the time is very slow now i want to go fast out of this place you might be in for only 5 minutes but those 5 minutes look like eternity so time is a factor which human beings are bound by but krishna's world he is not bound by time he can be any place any time any place whichever place that he wants to be in his world the creation of anything or the destruction of anything which is bound by the factor called time in his world it doesn't have any mine no 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 relationship because his creation and his destruction are in his words spontaneously happening and then spontaneity is a time which cannot be understood i'm sure you remember the story of maya 
and Narada. Narada wanted to experience Maya, so he goes near the river because his master, Narayana, has told him to get a, 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 a you know a commandalo of water for him. When he goes, he meets this girl over there. After that, an entire story, an entire lifetime of stories happen. And finally, his child is dying and he hears somebody calling out to him, Narada, where is that tumbler of water that you are supposed to get? And Narada gets up from his dream and he sees that Narayana is calling him. So he fills up the tumbler and goes back over there. But what had he experienced? An entire lifetime of meeting a woman, getting married to her, having a child, three children and living an entire life with the wife and the children. And the children are dying and the wife has died and everything has happened in that jiffy. Whereas Narayana was calling out to him. How does that happen? In our human world, the time is a factor hardly anybody can understand. Krishna's going and coming can never be predicted. His going and coming can never be predicted. Remember, all great entities in this world have got just 32 years to live. I don't know whether you know this. It is either 32 or 64 or slightly more than that. But 32 is the spiritual aspect where the first 8 years are spent in terms of getting knowledge. The second 8 years are the Agyatvas, the basically it's a travel that happens. Okay? The third 8 years is teaching and the fourth 8 years is establishing the Dharma in this world. This is how it works. Even if you look at Jesus' life, it was exactly on these lines. If you look at Shankaracharya, it was exactly on these lines. So, you cannot understand time over there. So you think that, oh my God, he, I have a long time with him. Bas, you don't have long time with him. Krishna and you cannot be together for a long time. It is going to be very short. It will just vanish like that. But in his world, it, the time is standing still. But why are we not interested in doing anything about it? So it is extremely important to do something about it. It's raining, huh? <coughs> okay. So, considering him as an ordinary child bound him to the wooden mortar by with a rope. I'm sorry, you'll have to hear a certain background music now. <laughs> because it rains. <laughs> Alright. When Mother Yashoda was trying to bind the offending child, she saw the binding rope was shot by a distance, the width of two fingers. Thus she brought another rope to join to it. This new rope too was shot by a measurement of two fingers. And when she bought another rope to join to it, it was still two fingers too short. As many ropes as she joined, all of them failed. The shortness could not be overcome. So, what does it teach you? You cannot bind the supreme divine consciousness with any rope in this world. Any tie-up of any kind that you do, which is called attachment nobody can attach to Krishna this way because it will always be short by two fingers the two fingers are always going to be short 
Thus, Mother Yashoda joined whatever rope was available in the household, but still she failed in her attempt to bind Krishna. Mother Yashoda's friends, the elderly gopis in the neighborhood, were smiling and enjoying the fun. Similarly, Mother Yashoda, although laboring in this way, was also smiling. All of them were struck with wonder. Now, everybody is wondering, why is this happening? Because of Mother Yashoda's hard labor, her whole body became covered with perspiration and the flower and the comb were falling from her hair. When child Krishna saw his mother was thus fatigued, he became merciful to her and agreed to be bound. Now imagine, he is saying, okay, okay, now you can bind me. O Maharaj Parikshit, the entire universe with its great exalted demigods like Lord Shiva, Lord Brahma and Lord Indra is under the control of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Yet the Supreme Lord has one transcendental attribute. He comes under the control of his devotees. This is now exhibited by Krishna in his pastime. Only with love and devotion can you ever bind Krishna. So if you ever want to bind Krishna, you have to give him enough love and enough devotion. And yes, if you want to bribe him, then you have to give him butter and ghee and milk and all that. Okay. So next time remember, all butter, ghee and milk and all that is also a part of the whole package deal. <laughs> Neither Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva nor even the Goddess of Fortune, that is Lakshmi, who is always better half of the Supreme Lord, can ever obtain from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the deliverer from this material world, such mercy as received by Mother Yashoda. So, <coughs> nobody can bind him, not even the gods. And here, he is getting bound by his mother because of divine love for her. The Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, the son of Mother Yashoda, is accessible to devotees engaged in spontaneous loving service, but he is not easily accessible to mental speculators, to those striving for self-realization by severe austerities and penances, or to those who consider the body the same as the self. Now, this is a very interesting line. Those who try their mental speculation, you know, those who keep on murmuring the name of Krishna, 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 Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare. I'm sorry, Krishna wouldn't want to go near them. Let me tell you this much. Those who keep on saying, you know, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, you really wonder, you know, what, is, what are they talking about? Do you really think that he will want to go near these people? They are self-conceited people. Self-conceit. You know what self-conceited? Think about it, you know. Mummy says, hey, come here. And here, if people are saying, Om Namah Bhagavate Vasudeva, come here. <laughs> Krishna is not even interested in coming. He says, get lost, I don't want to come. A very interesting phenomenon, okay? But if you say, with love, I am in love with you. Can you be mine? I want to be just lying at your feet. I want to worship you. Imagine, that is the only way in which you can bring Krishna to near you. That is the only way. By the way, he is not accessible by mental speculators, those who keep on thinking, oh, all kinds of things, you know, saying prayers and this and that. Krishna never goes near them. Because those people are self-conceited, I told you. They are very egoistic in nature. They think no end of themselves. They think that they can bind him whichever way he wants. Yeah, you can go and bind any other god in this domain of the demigods, by the way. You can keep on saying other god's name and that person will come and stand in front of you. Krishna doesn't give a damn about these kind of things. To those who want to self-realization by severe austerities, then there are those yogis who keep on, you know, sitting in meditation for a long time and thinking that they have to do uh, all kinds of 
severe austerities and penances. He is least bothered about this kind of people. He says, this guy is doing penance and this because he wants to get realized. Realized means, I know God, like that, okay? <laughs> I know that, like that, <laughs> I am that. Self-realization is nothing but saying who you are. I am that, you understand? Self-realization, knowing thyself. By knowing thyself, you can't know Krishna. I'm sorry. Krishna is not a part of know thyself. Know thyself is only for those people who are looking for self-realization. In this world, those who are looking for, you know, Arthaka, Moksha, you know, all that four things, Moksha, the last part of it. And and Krishna says, oh, this guy is only interested in Moksha. I cannot be near him. Why? Because he is looking for attachment, not detachment. He wants you to be attached to him through love and devotion only. No other. Or those who consider the body are the same as the self. Got it? Self-realization thing. While Mother Yashoda was very busy with household affairs, the Supreme Lord Krishna observed twin trees known as Yamla Arjuna, which was in the former millennium, had been the demigods, sons of Kuvayar. In their former birth, these sons known as Nalakuvara and Manigriva were extremely opulent and fortunate. But because of pride and false prestige, they did not care about anyone. And thus Narad Muni had cursed them to become trees. So now we are going to learn about this Yamla Arjuna trees. Okay. So we have finished this chapter. So we are going to chapter 10. So it is deliverance of the Yamla Arjuna trees. So these two. Now Kuber had two sons. Now these two sons are these two characters. Now when you have Kuber as your father, naturally your arrogance is having no bounds. Because you are always thinking about money, gold, this, that, you know all kinds of aspirations you have. The aspirations are beyond your own construction by the way. You think no end of yourself. So these are Kuber's children and they were thinking no end of themselves. And they were being very rude when Narada had come to visit them. So Narada had cursed them and they had become these two trees. Now let us see what happens. This is chapter 10, Canto 10. Deliverance of the Yamala Arjuna trees. King Parikshit inquired from Sukhdev Goswami. O great and powerful saint, what was the cause of Nalakavera and Manigriva having been cursed by Narad Muni? What did they do? That was so abominable that even Narada, the great sage, became angry at them. Kindly describe this to me. Now, Narada is always in a very tranquil state. He is only saying Narayana, Narayana. That's imagine. It's like, you know, your watch keeps on saying TikTok, TikTok, like that. Think about it. Every TikTok is Narayana, Narayana. That is how Narada was. Whereas, imagine suddenly in the middle, you try to put your finger in the, on the clock. What happens? It stops. In Narada's case, he got so infuriated that he cursed them. Narada doesn't curse anybody, by the way. So that must be something really very strange. Let us see. So Dev Goswami said, O King Parikshit, because the two sons of Kuvera had been elevated to the association of Lord Shiva, of which they were very much proud, they were allowed to wander in a garden attached to Kailasha Hill on the bank of the Mandakini River. Taking advantage of this, they used to drink a kind of a liquor called Varuni. Accompanied by women singing after them, they would wander in the gardens of flowers, the eyes always rolling in intoxication. 
Okay, now there is, uh, because they have said about some tree, I will tell you, it's called an arka. Arka is a, is a juice which is removed from a particular tree. In India, we have, across India, across India, we have different, different kinds of trees used for the purpose of taking out a liquor, a particular kind of a liquor. Now, in America today, they have these uh, cannabis leaves and all they are, they are using, you know, it's become legalized. But in India, most of the yogis, they are totally to- intoxicated by all these things. Full time, they are in total tally, tally mode. You should actually look at them. And especially if you are going, you know, now, just recently, uh, this was there. Um, Kumbh Mela was there in Nasik. Okay. They are always high. Now, in the Himalayas, there are various kinds of trees. Now, one of the trees, you can take out a juice and you can purify it and you can use it for intoxication purposes. It's a juice, a very intoxicating. Okay. <laughs> like that, there is a Soma Rasa also. I mean, those who know the Soma plant, they know how to take out the Rasa. There are different kinds of things which I use, like the Kandamula. Kandamula is used, in, I know, you, you, some of you might have seen, you know, it's a big stalk and then it is cut and it is given for eating. It contains the highest content of uh, water in it, by the way. It's full of juice. It's like a radish type of a thing. But imagine a big fat, at least a two feet uh, diameter radish. Think like that. But it is sweet to eat. Like that there are different different kinds of roots, herbs, by means of which you can make different kinds of things. You can eat them, you can drink them, you can do all kinds of liquor. There are particular flowers which are used for the purpose of again drawing out some intoxicants. India is the highest producer of opium in the world. I don't know whether you actually know about this. Okay. In Madhya Pradesh, there is a place which is called Neemach. Neemach is a place where India produces the highest opiates in the world. These are, by the way, legal. They are not illegal. They are legal. Legal opiates. Okay. India produces the highest. And there is a fields and fields of these kind of, you know, opium plants over there. I mean, you also eat opium. I I know you may not know what you are eating actually. You know, you call it khaskas. (laughs) Okay, these are like pods. They are pods like this, okay. And there are very beautiful technicolor flowers on top. Okay, the pods have a very long stem. A long stem with a pod and very beautiful colored leaves. When the, when the plant is in a particular, when the flower has come, they take very tiny blades and scratch the sides of these pods. And a black colored thick gum g- comes out of it. That is opium. And once that is removed, then these pods dry up. When the pods dry up, from inside the pods comes the seed which we call khaskas. Okay, so next time if you are having this cuscus in your house, no, be careful. Don't eat too much. <laughs> they give it to small children, by the way. So these are the different opiates which are used. So these two sons of Kubera, you know, when you have too much of money and too much of things in your going on in your brain, you are always intoxicated. You want to go around with lust, greed, everything comes to a person. So what happens to them? So they are there are those beautiful damsels over there. They are fully tally with the, with the juices of these particular flowers. And then what happens? 
within the waters of the mandakini ganges which was crowded with gardens of lotus flowers the two sons of kuvera would enjoy young girls just like two male elephants enjoying the water with female elephants oh maharaj parikshit the same auspicious moment of the two boys the great saint devrishi narada once appeared there by chance seeing them intoxicated with rolling eyes he could understand their situation upon seeing narada and the naked young girls of the demigods were very much ashamed afraid of being cursed they covered their bodies with their garments but the two sons of kavera kuvera did not do so instead not caring about narada they remained naked seeing the two sons of the demigods naked and intoxicated by opulence and false prestige devrishi narad in order to show them special mercy desired to give them a special curse thus he spoke as follows narad muni said among all the attractions of material enjoyment the attraction of riches bewilders one's intelligence more than having beautiful bodily features taking birth in an aristocratic family and being learned when one is uneducated by false falsely puffed up by wealth the result is that one engages his wealth in enjoying wine women and gambling this is a very very common thing when somebody has a lot of wealth they get intoxicated by wealth they don't know what to do with the money and because they don't know what to do with the money what do they get involved in wine women and gambling isn't it such a funny thing just recently we are hearing a case of a very great actor who is you know now 40 women have actually spoke uh, spoken ill about him he is a very, very rich man similarly so many great people in this world are falling for this kind of a thing wine women and gambling these are the things and narada is giving an example that never ever get into this rich state of yours you know what if you think you are going to become rich these are the things that are going to follow you money is the root cause of all evil remember this don't associate money with the great things in this world look at money money makes a person go mad there are people who are willing to pay so much of money so that at the end of their life they don't know what to pay for where they are trying to extend their life last uh, one month ago i told you an example of one of the richest man in the world who is undergone so many heart replacements you know i'm sure you remember the story you cannot get your life or happiness or whatever just because you have got money unable to control their senses rascals who are falsely proud of their riches or their birth in aristocratic families are so cruel that to maintain their perishable bodies which they think will never grow old and die they kill all poor animals without mercy sometimes they kill animals merely to enjoy an excursion reminds me of a great film actor black buck and the great film actor isn't it while living one may be proud of one's body thinking oneself as a very big man minister president or even demigod but whatever one may be after death the body will turn either into worms into stool or into ashes if one kills poor animals to 
satisfy the temporary whims of this body one does not know that he will suffer in his next birth for such a sinful miscreant must go to hell and suffer the results of his actions this is it's not that narada is talking about this narada is just quoting the verses which are there in the vedas and the shastras that is the framework that is there anything bad that you do to another person it is going to rebound on you and even a bad word or even a bad thought for that matter is going to come back to you whether you like it or not and killing animals it's not a nice thing to do or indulging yourself in these kind of activities is also not nice so those who drink make merry and do all those kind of things i'm not saying that they are bad i'm just saying that they should not indulge in excesses of anything because that is where the problem starts while alive does this body belong to the employer to the self to the father to the mother or the mother's mother's father does it belong to a person who takes it away by force to the slave master who purchases it or to the son who burns it in the fire or if the body is not burnt does it belong to the dogs that eat it among the many possible claimants who is the rightful claimant not to ascertain this but instead to maintain the body by sinful activities is not good so who do you think this body belongs to does it belong to the father or the mother who has given birth to you do you think your your forefathers are involved in this do you think all these people around you actually are owning you do you think that there are people in this world who you know pay money so that they can buy you for a certain amount of time like slaves or you know servants that we own you know in india we say you know that i have a servant in the house she is doing some work or he is doing some work what do you think you are owning that person no nobody can own this kind of a body and there are no rightful claimants so to maintain a body in a sinful activities is not good so indulging in all kinds of wrongful activities whether it is drinking womanizing or you know gambling or indulging in keeping pets forcibly you know i am sure you have seen all those uh, parrots and things like that kept in the house that is also not a good thing or indulging in sacrifices animal sacrifices for no rhyme or reason and acting a life which is full of misery full of discontent anger greed lust these are the things if you are having in your life these are sinful activities and they are not good this body after all is produced by the unmanifested nature and again annihilated and merged in the natural elements therefore it is a common property of everyone we are made up of panchabhutas the mud you know earth wind fire all those kind of things so you think it belongs to you on the contrary it is belonging to all those elements over there under the circumstances who but a rascal claims this property as his own and while maintaining it commits such sinful activities as killing animals to satisfy his whims unless one is a rascal one cannot commit such sinful activities atheistic fools and rascals who are very much proud of wealth fail to see these things as they are therefore returning them to poverty therefore returning them to poverty is the proper ointment for their eyes so that they may see things as they are at least a poverty stricken man can realize how painful poverty is and therefore he will not want others to be in the painful condition like 
or own. Think about it. There are rich people, you know. So what is it that you would advise? I mean, if you are the God Almighty, what is it that you would want to do? So that they learn their lesson. They need to be brought down to the level of poverty. So that they can understand how difficult it is to live in this world. And that is what Narada is talking about. By seeing their faces, one whose body has been pricked by pins can understand the pain of others who are pin pricked. Realizing that this pain is the same for everyone, he does not want others to suffer in this way. But one who has never been pricked by pins cannot understand this pain. Now, this is a very interesting thing. Now, if you have undergone pain for a particular thing, let us say you have never experienced you know, money in your life. You are a very poor person. Would you want to curse somebody else for becoming poor? Or suppose you have something is hit, you know, you have been put in jail. Would you want your, your opponent, your enemy to be put in jail? Is that what you are thinking of? Can a person think that if you have gone and done this kind of a thing, the kind of problems that you are undergoing, would you want your, you know, any other person in this world to undergo those kind of problems? No, that is not how it is to be done. A poverty-stricken man must automatically undergo austerities and penances because he does not have the wealth to possess anything. Thus his false prestige is vanquished. Always in need of food, shelter and clothing, he must be satisfied with what is obtained by the mercy of providence. Undergoing such compulsory austerities is good for him because this purifies him and completely frees him from false ego. This is a very important line. Understand this. A person who is poor or who has undergone certain problems in his life, he needs to go through them. You need to experience these issues. If you do not experience these issues, then you will never ever have any interest in becoming good. You understand what I am saying? If you have interest, if you have undergone a tremendously poor state, and then after a lot of struggle you have become rich, it is your duty to ensure that those who are poor are helped by you. That is the idea. Got it? That means you have to only... Charity is for the purpose of helping others who cannot repay you. I have told you this last time also. So give to those because you have undergone that kind of a stress and a problem in your life. So please ensure that anybody... Like if you have undergone that problem, would you even curse another person to undergo those kind of issues? Don't even think like that. Always hungry, longing for sufficient food, a poverty-stricken man gradually becomes weaker and weaker. Having no extra potency, his senses are automatically pacified. A poverty-stricken man, therefore, is unable to perform harmful, envious activities. In other words, a man automatically gains the results of austerities and penances adopted voluntarily by saintly persons. See, those who are saints, you know, they indulge in this kind of things so that they do not come under the influence of Maya. They give up things. They give up richness. All they, they might be rich people, so they will give those things away. All the beautiful things that they own, the ownership, you know, we keep on having, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. That I want this is, is so great in people, those who are narcissistic and, you know, those who are very, very egoistic in nature. 
when you start giving up things you will understand giving up those kind of things will give you the greatness or the goodness in your life because you learn to become austere and austerity is the way in which spirituality grows in a person so in those who join the spiritual world they give up things for this reason they do not indulge in very great you know good food they are not interested in delicious food they are not interested in wearing fancy clothes they are not interested in going out and you know uh, getting indulging in different different kinds of things they are not even interested in that kind of things so i hope you understood this line saintly persons may freely associate with those who are poverty stricken but not with those who are rich a poverty stricken man is association in a poverty stricken man by association with saintly persons very soon becomes uninterested in material desires and the dirty things within the core of the heart are cleansed away the dirty thing in the heart is there in a person because they are indulging in activities which are full of desires i want this 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 and i want this when you want this where is god inside of you but when you give up this give up this give up this god has got a space to at least enter that place isn't it so saintly persons are freely associating with those who are poverty stricken but not with those who are rich don't talk about today's uh, baba ji's okay today's baba ji's are not saintly of any kind okay so let us not go in that direction they only want rich people and politically powerful people around them we are talking about real saints they have only mediocre and simple and poor people around them a poverty stricken man by association with saintly person very soon becomes uninterested in material desires when this kind of a person associates with a saintly person the person gives up all kinds of material desires and the dirty things within the core of the heart are removed what are the dirty things the dirty things are called desires i want this that so many things that is removed when you come in association with saintly people you are not interested in those kind of things but if you are rich and if you have money then you have your arrogance with you and then you'll say okay saintly person i'll give you so much and i'll buy you that's what people do no that is not what is to be done saintly person sadhus think of krishna 24 hours a day there is no other interest why should people neglect the association of such exalted spiritual personalities and try to associate with materialistic taking shelters of non devotees most of whom are proud and rich so understand this those sadhus they are thinking of krishna 24 bar 7 you have to be always associated with this kind of people those who are saintly that is their only interest why should people neglect such association of great exalted spiritual personalities and try to associate with materialistic taking shelter of non devotees most of whom are proud and rich see when you become associate with a saintly person all your bandhanas of this world fall off whether it is making money whether it is associating with rich people whether trying to become rich or doing whatever that is needed all that falls off because 
when you associate with a saintly person he teaches you humility humbleness poverty poverty is important because you have nothing else to think of you are not thinking of my money will be taken by somebody else you are not thinking like that isn't it but when you have money you are bothered how is your money going to be you know think about it like this when you are going to the temple you keep your chappals outside now imagine they are very fancy shoes or chappals which you have kept outside you are going inside the temple you are not thinking about the god you are thinking about your fancy chappals outside sir that's what you become you are thinking oh my god i have paid 1000 rupees for that or 5000 rupees for that where is that chappal going to go somebody will rob it isn't that what happens so those who have money those who have power are always thinking about that they are always thinking how to increase their money how to increase that but those who are the poor people they god is the only one if you look in terms of this you will find that buddha was associated with poor folks jesus had only the poor folks around him jesus was not having pure the rich and the mighty with him i'm sorry in every domain in every place wherever you think of it the saintly are always associated with poor people those who love him love and devotion is the only binding cord with them therefore since these two persons drunk with the liquor named varuni or madhi are unable to control their senses have been blinded by the pride of celestial opulence and have become attached to women i shall relieve them of false prestige these two young men nalakuvera and manigriva are by fortune the son of the great demigod kuvera but because of false prestige and madness after drinking liquor they have so fallen that they are naked and cannot understand that they are therefore because they are living like trees for trees are naked and are not conscious these two young men should receive the body of trees they will be proper punishment nonetheless after they become trees and until they are released by my mercy they will have the remembrance of their past sinful activities moreover by special favor after the expiry of 100 years by the measurement of the demigods they will be able to see the supreme personality of god and vasudev face to face and thus revive their real position as devotees so narada has cursed them to become trees sukhdev goswami continued having thus spoken the great saint devrishi narada returned to the ashrama known as narayan ashrama and nalakuvera and manigriva became two arjuna trees the supreme personality of godhead shri krishna to fulfill the truthfulness of the word of the greatest devotee narada slowly went to the spot where the twin arjuna trees were standing although these two young men were the sons of very rich kuvera and i have nothing to do with them devrishi narada is my very dear and affectionate devotee and therefore because he wanted me to come face to face with them i must do so for their deliverance isn't it very peculiar you will find that some people may be the devotee of krishna and they request krishna krishna can you please be a help to somebody else and because krishna is all loving what he does he goes and helps those people also that is what is being proved over here having thus spoken krishna soon entered between the two arjuna trees and thus the big mortar on which he was bound turned crosswise and struck between them by dragging behind him with great force the wooden mortar tied to his belly the boy krishna uprooted the two trees by the great strength of the supreme person the two trees with their trunks leaves and branches trembled severally and fell to the ground with a great crash
thereafter in that very place where the two arjuna trees had fallen two great perfect personalities who appeared like fire personified came out of the two trees the effulgence of their beauty illuminating all directions with bowed heads they offered obeisances to krishna and with folded hands they spoke the following words o lord krishna lord krishna your opulent mysticism is inconceivable you are the supreme original person the cause of all causes immediate and remote and you are beyond the material creation learned brahmanas know on the basis of vedic statements sarvam krav idam brahma that you are either you are everything and that this cosmic manifestation is the gross and the subtle aspect is your form so the two sons of kuvera they stand in front of krishna and they praise him tell him that we can see a form in front of us but this is not how you truly are you are the supreme divine manifest and the manifest both and you have taken this form for the purpose of serving us you know we so that we get an opportunity to serve you and krishna is over there to release them from the bondage remember this krishna is always there to release people from the bondage of whatever that poverty or anything that is there okay and when you are in presence of krishna always remember to be in obeisance to him pray to him say good things to him it's all about goodness love devotion all those kind of things you are the supreme personality of godhead so the moment they see krishna they are praying to him this is what has to be done you are the supreme personality of godhead the controller of everything your the body life and ego and senses of every living entity are your own self you are the supreme person vishnu the imperishable controller you are the time factor the immediate cause and you are the material nature consisting of the three modes of goodness passion and ignorance you are the original cause of this material manifestation i think again the the thing is on the microphone you are the super soul and therefore you know everything within the core of the heart of every living entity oh lord you exist because of the creation therefore who trapped by a body of material qualities in this material world can understand you those who are trapped in the material body those who are material people with flesh and bones cannot understand krishna any which way the difficulty lies in that so the only way of knowing krishna is through love devotion and prayers oh lord whose glories are covered by your own energy you are the supreme personality of god you are shankarshana the origin of creation you are vasudeva the origin of chakravyu chaturyu because you are everything and therefore the supreme brahma we simply offer our respectful obeisance unto you appearing in bodies like those of an ordinary fish tortoise and the hog hog you exhibited activities impossible for such creatures to perform extraordinary incomparable transcendental activities of unlimited power and strength these bodies of yours therefore are not made of material elements but are incarnations of yours supreme personality you are the same supreme personality of godhead who has now appeared with full potency for the benefit of all living entities within this material world oh supremely auspicious we offer our respectful obeisance unto you who are the supreme good O most famous descendant and the controller of the Yadu dynasty O son of Vasudev O most peaceful let us offer our obeisance unto your lotus feet these are called prayers O supreme form we are always servant of your servant especially of Narad Muni now give us permission to leave for our home it is by the grace and the mercy of Narad Muni that we have been able to see your face to face this is the very important line which says 
you have to be the servant of the servant that means those who are the devotees of the lord the seva done to the devotees of the lord is the highest kind krishna is always pleased when you do the service seva bhavana serving the devotees of the lord is the highest form of wheel in this world henceforth henceforward may all our words described by your past times may may our ears engage in oral reception of your glories may our hand legs and other senses engage in action pleasing to you and may our minds always think of your lotus feet may our heads offer obeisance to everything within this world because of all things of yours different forms and may our eyes see the form of vaishnavas who are not different from you vaishnavas means the devotees of the lord so always look at the devotees of the lord when you look at the devotees of the lord you will get your mukti sukhdev goswami continued the two young demigods thus offered prayers to the supreme personality of godhead all those like krishna the supreme godhead is the master of all and was certainly gokuleshwara the master of gokula he was bound by the wooden mortar by the rope of the gopis and therefore smilingly smiled widely he spoke to the sons of kuvera the following words the supreme personality of godhead said the great saint narad muni is very merciful by his curse he showed the greatest favor to both of you who are mad after material opulence and who had thus become blind although you fell from the higher planet swargaloka and became trees you are most favored by him i knew of all these incidents from the very beginning when one is face to face with the sun there is no longer darkness in one's eyes similarly when one is face to face with the sadhu a devotee who is fully determined and surrendered to the supreme personality of godhead one will no longer be subjected to material bondage so krishna is giving his lesson over here he is telling them that never do anything wrong or say anything bad to the devotee of the lord okay always be nice to him or her is very very important and the devotee of the lord is somebody who is constantly chanting the name of the lord is constantly lost in him it could be any person now these two creatures who are there who are the sons of kuvera were earlier under the spell of intoxication women in gambling and so on and so forth they were doing all kind of wrong activities but now they have become his devotee so even if we were to serve them we would definitely profit from that and listening to the story by itself and in partaking of it would also be that we can lose bondage in our world so oh nalakuvera and manigriva now you both return home since you desire to be always absorbed in my devotional service your desire to develop love and affection for me will be fulfilled and now you will never fall from that platform so sinful people who have been given this kind of a work for a particular reason and they might have been cursed by the by somebody after they have understood then they come back to the fold they are forgiven and they are told to go and follow the world of krishna always devoted to him this is a similar story in bible also where there are two young boys you know and the younger son says i want the money from his father okay and he takes the money and goes out and sp- spends the entire thing in the world 
the elder son is still with the father taking care of the farmland and so on and so forth after some time the younger son he has no money left he has become very poor so he is returning back but when he is returning back what happens the father goes out of the way to go and receive him the elder son is very upset he says this person is the person who has taken all the money and gone away why is the father running after him whereas he should be actually thinking about me why is the father going after that son somebody who is repentant is always forgiven in the divine world always remember this those who repent will be always forgiven so repenting is very very important and the father father means the father in heaven or here we call krishna krishna gives these people mukti even after they might have performed the worst deeds of any kind of dancing naked in front of narada drinking womanizing gambling they have earned their wrath from narada but narada was very kind he gave them a particular shrap wherein they were able to meet the divine lord so we have come to the end of the chapter the last line says sukhdev goswami said the supreme personality of god had having spoken to the two demigods in this way they circumambulated the lord who was bound by the wooden mortar and offered obeisance to him after taking the permission of lord krishna they returned to their respective homes so we have end, ended the 10th chapter in the 10th canto so we shall stop over here